0: Welcome back to the Montreal Forum on TSN six ninety. Dave Kaufman filling in for Tony, and our guest right now is the general manager of the first place Toronto Blue Jays, Alex Anthopoulos. How does that sound?
1: Uh, it sounds good, but I at the same time I, I don't even like uh, putting that in front of our um, in front of uh, the name just because it's only really we finally played our ID first game, and it's. Uh, I'd like to say the first place through 81 games, Toronto Blue Jays would probably be a little
0: better. Funny, a friend of mine uh, from Toronto, one of my, my close friends and a huge Jays fan who I live vicariously through this season, he was having a similar conversation with his dad where his dad was freaking out, and he finally said to him, Dad, would you rather be three games up or three games down right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's a really uh, it's an interesting way to put it. I just, you know, I, there's just, I've just, uh, maybe just you haven't scarred a little bit just from past year's, whether well, it was 2009 when I was here, and I was in AGM, and I know it was middle of May, so it's, we're obviously well beyond that point, but we were 27-13. and 13, We had the best record in baseball at the time, and then we proceeded to have the third worst record in baseball, and um, Scott Rowland got traded. There was the holiday rumors, all that type of stuff, and I think I mentioned this the other day. I think the Pirates in 2012 were 16 games over 500 at the trade deadline, and they ended up finishing with 79 wins, so... You know as as much as some teams have underachieved or overachieved in the first half, and you will see it with players all the time, you get to the second half of the season. It's amazing how many things can change so you know we really i know it's a complete cliche and um but it is so true, especially for us to not get ahead of ourselves, to not start looking ahead. Know, series and so on, and and really worry about just the game we have that night, and it 's just so important to try to just keep winning games
0: I think that 's an important mindset to have, no matter what point in the season you are, even the the Seattle Mariners that won one hundred and fifteen games they they got knocked out in the first round you 've got to play every game like it's like it 's the last game
1: yeah no, i I completely agree, and you know it 's been so long since we 've played meaningful games in September i mean we had um, one year when I was an assistant gym, we went into Boston, I think right at the beginning of September. And I think we had Halliday and Burnett on three days rest, and you know, we just we didn't come away with any wins, and that basically that was the end of it. But we really, at least in the years I've been here, and that's December 2003, uh, we haven't had meaningful games in September. And look, the goal is obviously to win the World Series, but you know there's obviously there's a there's a path that that comes before that, and the first thing is try to get to September, be playing meaningful games, and then beyond that, try to get into the playoffs, and then obviously once you're in, try to win the World Series. So you know, I don't think. You know, we want to win, but at the same time, I think our thought is just continue to try to win. I don't scoreboard watch. I don't look at the standings. Um, you know, The only thing I look at is um, how many games over 500 we are, and I know that that's incredibly important just because we're going to have stretches like we've had this month where we may lose five in a row, we may lose 10 in a row. You, know, you don't want it to happen, but there's another 81 games left, and those things will happen, and hopefully we win another 10 in a row as well. So um, you just really have to try to stay even keel.
0: Talking baseball with Jays GM Alex Anthopoulos on the Montreal Forum, Dave Kaufman and Alex Anthopoulos. You mentioned Roy Halliday a little bit earlier, Alex. I wonder, when Halliday was being uh, bandied around to be traded, was there any way that you would have traded them within your division? And the reason I ask is basically how much would it take for you to get David Price?
1: You know, um, I remember at the time, again, I wasn't the GM, and um, when all that started... And I remember the Red Sox had an interest in him, like a lot of other clubs. that you know, Tampa Bay had interest in him back then. Uh, the Dodgers, the Marlins. Um, I'm, I mean, I actually, at the time, uh, was keeping pretty meticulous notes on what the offers were, and I would date them and see how they would change and evolve. And, you know, it actually helped me a little bit when I got to the offseason. I ended up being the, the GM now. Halliday uh, was much more um, strict with his no-trade clause in the offseason. It sounded like... That summer of 2009, you know, he was much more open to going a to contending team. Um, but uh, look, I, I think uh, the attitude was: look, we're open to moving him in the division. And, and I can't speak about players on other teams, you know, currently. But I think most GMs' their attitude is: we're open to it, but push come to shove, um, is ha- going to have to be pretty significant. It's just not a comfortable feeling when you know you move someone in your division; you have to come back and see them very often, and all that kind of stuff. So. I don't know that, I mean, there are some GMs that just will not do it, that won't engage. I can say that with the Holiday stuff, and I'm not speaking for J.P. Ricciardi, but I know his mindset was it better be a significantly better package to move Ray Halliday in the division, especially because we knew if he went to a big market like New York or Boston, there was a high probability that he was going to be extended, right. and now you're one and a half years that you thought you were going to see him there. You're probably looking at five or six years, and that's would be hard, hard to do.
0: Well, it would be one thing for Tampa to have to face David Price for the next year or two in a Blue Jays uniform. It would be a different story if the Blue Jays had to face Aaron Sanchez in a Tampa uniform for the next six or seven.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, again, not um, getting specific about any of those players, but I think it is safe to say if we're trading young prospects within the, in the division, um, yeah, I mean, that certainly can be painful, and uh, not something you take lightly. But, again, you do have to um, look at your own circumstance and, you know, your your responsibility to the ball cup, to, to the players, things like that. But on both sides, I think making trades in there division, there's a reason it's very rare. And it's that much more rare when you're talking about elite-level prospects, elite-level players. Um, so as much as people may want to, you know, start trade rumors and speculate and so on, I would say that there's it's just that much more – it's just a whole other layer. And there could be layers from an ownership standpoint on both sides. There could be – just there's not that comfort level. So – um, I, I, as much as I know this is the time of year people love to get involved in trade discussions, speculation, sure. this and that, <laughs> I would say as a general rule in our game, um, very rarely will you see elite players traded within the division.
0: Let's uh, move it off baseball for a final question, Alex. You've been paying attention to the World Cup? I have a little
1: bit, uh, not as much as probably I would like to, just because I've been running around seeing our minor league affiliates, but I have, I mean, I haven't been able to really watch any games, but certainly try to follow some of the uh, scores and the results.
0: Is it uh, a fair assumption to say you're cheering for Greece?
1: Sure, yeah, and it's uh, it's nice to see them get to the second round, and, um, you know, it's a, it's a huge moment for them, so um, I'm sure, and you know, obviously there's a huge Greek community in Montreal as well, so... I can imagine. Um, actually, I don't even. I've lost touch with where the Greek community is right now. It used to be Park Ex. Yeah, they're still on,
0: and still on Park Avenue, and the whole city smelled like lamb after the wind the other right, day. Right,
1: exactly. So, yeah, exactly. You still got you've got Park Avenue. You've got a lot of Sulaki places there, and uh, you got some nice um, probably one of the best Greek Greek restaurants in North America, which is Milos. Oh, the best!
0: Um, Absolutely, yeah,
1: tremendous. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's pretty amazing, and obviously in Toronto on the Danforth, everyone's going crazy, but. Right. I can only imagine what it's like in Greece. And, you know, I have some family that obviously love soccer, my, my, my brother and my cousin and so on.
0: So I know they're they're pretty excited about it. Well, seeing the streets like that in Toronto on the Danforth, like you said, I could must give you a little bit of a hint of what it could be like in October throughout the whole city.
1: You know what? Um, I think the real um, – what's really been telling is when you see what happened with the Leafs and what happened with the Raptors.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure
1: you guys saw it on the highlights. You know, they, they have the, right outside the Air Canada Centre. And, and I, I think – as much as people like to say Canada's hockey nation or Toronto's hockey city, Montreal's, I think most Canadian cities, when you have a winning team, and I think the Raptors showed that, it was just as rabid a fan base for the Raptors being in the playoffs as it was two years ago for the Leafs being in the playoffs. So I think Toronto and really all of Canada star for a winner, um, and everyone would be so excited. And I, I don't really remember – I mean, I remember the World Series years in Montreal, but and we didn't really care. I would follow, but it didn't seem like the city cared back then. I do think, though, things have changed. The Internet, um, all sports channels, uh, sports packages, you can watch all the games. Just the exposure you have to sports right now, and especially to the Toronto Blue Jays, the Raptors, and so on, I think you'd see an even greater level of support that may have been there, even in the early 90s, because of uh, the media component, the access everybody has to the ball club. So uh, I think what we saw, at least from a Toronto perspective, I think it would absolutely mirror or potentially even surpass um, what what we saw uh, with, obviously, the Raptors and the Leafs.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that Raptors thing was just spectacular to watch. And, and I'll tell you, you're absolutely right, Alex. There are fans here. I think they would care here now. There were 100,000 of them in the Olympic Stadium to watch the Jays play in March.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right. And I think just, you know, the fact that um, whether it's – and it's small things. Whether the fact that we're on TVA Sports mm-hmm. um, in French, um, again, whether the fact that everyone can get sports in, in, in Quebec – um, people watch the highlight shows. People can live stream on on the internet. Uh, all those things, and, and just like you said, there's a huge baseball fan base there. And even though they're not all Toronto Blue Jays fans, it's really uh, it's cut up whether it's the Yankees, the Red, Red Sox, and so on. I do think slowly but surely, um, I believe at least, or I'd like to believe, and this may be naive, that as much as there'll always be um, there'll be that natural rivalry between Toronto and Montreal, I do think the fact that this being the only Canadian team. The fact that we've tried to make inroads in, in Quebec, uh, whether it's coming out there on the caravan, bringing our players, having games, like you said, showing the support people have for the ball club when we played there. I do think some of those anti-Toronto, anti-Montreal walls are are um, kind of starting to come down a little bit because we're not competing with any other, any other club. This is the only team in Canada. And I think everyone realizes that everyone should support it.
0: Yeah, we'll leave the anti-Toronto stuff to hockey and to politics. Alex exactly. Anthopoulos, as always, it's a pleasure. All right, Dave, really enjoyed it. Take care. Bye-bye.